Welcome to the Industry Boring Podcast. I'm Cullen Reichart, your host, and today we'll be covering almost anything related to cannabis. Are we just gonna, are we starting podcast, this off? Podcast, um, just yeah. audio only? Sometimes they're video. Will be, yeah. yeah, but it's all, we, we do all audio. So you're out of uh, Vegas? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It becomes a, kind of one of those situations where you have to just deal with uh, all the crap. Is that a seltzer? Yeah, the that's what I'm saying. PBR seltzer. It's going to hit you too. In about an hour, you Oh, really? Yeah, I took one last night and it. You mean like I don't have to drink eight paps uh, beers and then it hits me later? Just one, yeah. Just one at a time. I probably the worst beer hangovers I've ever had in my life are on PBRs. That yeah. might be why I bought all that Tylenol. That's uh, really? <laughs> like, oh, it might yeah. still have that in it. That was funny. Yeah, it's cool you guys come out here. I mean, my buddy yeah, so, uh, Craig well, I mean, grew uh, up out here. I mean, this is where oh, the company, yeah. not here, but I'm a California. Okay. So, San, uh, I was in San Diego and I used to drive this corridor all the time because I'm trying to get in the machine business for the, for this, you know, for cannabis. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been by this place a lot. Right. You know, you know, I just I bought a machine um, machine yeah. last year, and uh, wow, it's great. It yeah. really is Which great. Which one is it? It's the um, it's called the Oxbox. They're out of they're out of Portland. Yeah. And um, you know, I mean, I'm a mechanical engineer by training. Is that right? Yeah, and I did a lot of uh, production. Um, like my focus was was manufacturing and production yeah and uh and systems and stuff and and i got into robotics and you want a job yeah that's what we do <laughs> i actually own a seat of um of um of uh solidworks do you really yeah good for you um it's not current by a couple of years they want so much money. Ah, it's not worth keeping current unless it's, you're we, we only do it for the support yeah exactly um, and actually it's it's completely a pain in the ass i'm, I'm paying oh. like 30 grand a year for for solidworks Jesus, good. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got, I got six seats, man. I gotta have. Oh. You, gotta, you gotta have it. Six seats, yeah. Because yeah. you can't have one seat and like five different employees use it. No. Jesus. No. Such a racket, have, man. Have a seat for everybody. Racket. But you could let everything expire. But when they, when it, when it, when it goes too far, yeah. Then they just, you can't re-up. They just get you for all the backs, I know. and they just I know. take you over. That's where I'm at. I'm yeah. like probably five years out right now. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't missed anything. Okay. Yeah, you're not missing anything. The only thing is, like, if I sent you a file, yeah. you wouldn't be able to open it. I have to yeah. save it backward. Yeah, I have a company that was building uh, motorcycle components, mm. uh, brakes and rotor, you know, yeah. calipers and rotors and wheels, and uh, we're doing these chassis for drag racing bikes. Yeah. And so um, I was trying to get everything off paper and into uh, SolidWorks because yeah. the company was old school. And they did it all fucking by hand, you know, yeah. do drawings. All those beautiful old drawings that the guys spent hours and hours and days of on. these things. Oh my god! And but they're they're <laughs> worthless. There's no way yeah. to do anything yeah. with them. You, you can't know? do anything with it. Yep, it's just dead. It's I just mean, you dead. can send it to a shop that has a bunch of old guys in it. Um, <laughs> trying to find. Well, here you know you're manufacturing. Yeah. Trying to find an old school manual yeah, machinist. Yeah, no, they're not around. Yeah, it's yeah. so rare. And that, and that my business was completely reliant on those guys and they were crotchety and ornery and yeah. drunks and yeah all my kids uh, all my engineers are young guys right uh -huh. out of college they've all got degrees right they drive solid works like it's a fucking video game yeah they just bang out pieces and parts and like oh I, I, I didn't like this so I change it yeah like you redesign the whole fucking machine because you didn't like it. yeah that's why okay good good for you man it's just like that you're like to me that's uh 
And I and I'm, I got moderate solid work skills. I mean, I, I can get around the program. Yeah. I can design pretty well in the program. It just takes me a long. It time. takes sitting at. The, it yeah. takes mileage. These yeah. guys who are who are sitting there eight hours a day on it. Yeah. You know, for years they're in, in, in it's incredible. It's just like welders. You know, um, guys who were production welders. Yeah. They never lose it. You know. They, That's right. They don't. And and, and we just actually got rid of a uh, one of our. Our, our principal welder, um, you know, sometimes things don't work out, uh, but we're still looking for somebody new, but, because um, we do all stainless, so everything we do is TIG work. Mm -hmm. um, but I bought a laser welder, mm. handheld laser welder, and I can't tell you how badass This is, is new technology, it's I don't even know about unbelievable, it. Unbelievable, I know about laser cutting, but. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. So how do you, you can, add the filler metal? You can you can do a uh, a, f a rod fill or I mean a wire fill like a wire feed, uh -huh. and you just fill in as you draw. It's the same. It's the same concept. It's just that the the beauty of the laser welding is that it it actually um, it you don't have to heat the surrounding metal. It just focuses where the light's at, and it wow. melts where the light's at. Wow. So your heat affected zone is. Like yeah, this, yeah. compared to like you know, yeah. like you know, you touch a piece of TIG work, you're like, ah, it's fucking. Yeah, up. and you're like annealing the metal and changing yeah. the characteristics changes of the metal. Yeah. So, um, so are you using shielding gases? So they actually have a setup for it to use a shielding gas, um, and we use a mixture right now. And I don't think it's the best uh, that we could use. We get a little bit of burning, but the disc you just wipe it off. Yeah. Um, it's from it's a Chinese machine, so it's a not quite ready for a prime time machine. Some yeah. improvements could be made. To yeah, it. I gotta look into that, man. Yeah, I've got a I've got a big up um, um, Miller um, Pulse Pulsematic yeah. MIG machine, big production MIG machine. Mm -hmm. I have a really nice um, uh, TIG welder from Miller. Yeah, and um, but I am just not machine. a very good TIG welder. I just I just don't have it, Dude, man. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. I I, I stick a I'll, I'll stick my tongues into that piece of metal faster than you can say boo. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> yeah, I had a guy working for me. He was with the company I bought. I bought this 50-year-old motorcycle manufacturing business, and the guy had been there for 13 years. And before that, he was with Salsa Bicycles, and he was hand-welding all their frames and shit. Really? And this guy is... Master. Oh, my God. God, master class. And yeah. That's, uh, that's special. Yeah, it really is. You but know? I would be like, I'll tack stuff up and this and that, and... It's like, yeah, I want to learn, but it sure was easy to just go, yeah, no, there you go. You're, you're not going to learn what that guy no, does. I like, I you probably do too. You're a collaborative person. You yeah. like to work with masters, you know? Yeah. I do, I, you know, but I also, because I'm a production guy, you know, we push really hard to dumb it down as much as mm -hmm. we can. That's why the laser welder, mm -hmm. I have a laser cutter. I have, uh, I have my press brakes are all a CNC. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, everything we do is now like, you know, comes from engineering yeah. and is translated to equipment. And my operators are not, don't have to be skilled. They just have to learn how to maintain the piece of equipment, yeah. right? Because the, the program is done from engineering. Right. So you find this whole different group of people. So I don't have masters anymore. Yeah. I'd love to have them, yeah. but we just can't. I can't take time yeah. and can't afford it. You know, the guys take too much time. It's like, dude, I need parts. Yep. Yeah, bang parts. Yep. And, and masterful welders don't want to bang parts, no, man. No, they don't. They want to make a nice looking weld. <laughs> yeah, they want to, they're like, oh, you see the colors? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit about the color, man. I'm erasing it. Just like it bang out the parts, but yeah. yeah. Well, your manufacturing's in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. My company, like my, my manufacturing company, mm -hmm. was in Sonoma County. And um, and the guy I bought the company from, he was basically like, yeah, this is all fucked up. Like, 
if you own a business in California, basically you're you're like pay, you're you're in Hollywood or Beverly Hills selling stuff to people who live in freaking Alabama. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's so tough. It's it's so tough. I mean, we have that you know with the cannabis industry yeah. here. California is really difficult. I just had a conversation with a young man who's who's struggling. It's like they they fuck this market up so bad. Was he one of the podcast guys? Yeah. 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 He just it's just brutal, man. I feel so bad. I mean, I grew when I grew. I was growing here in Southern California. Um, wasn't very good at it, and then I started building equipment, um, and then we moved to Vegas because I couldn't. You know, you can't really have a business in California without. Once it gets to a certain size, it's like. You know, I got a 12% raise for leaving state, yeah. right? And that was, I'm a pass-through corporation, so that's a pretty good chunk, you know? It's like, hmm, you know, my first year, I had a couple extra hundred grand in my pocket. I'm like, okay, this all this is why I did this. This is, makes a lot of sense. Plus, they gave me incentives to go there and everything else. It was great. It was a good move. But, so I got to ask, what's your incentive for doing this, this, uh, these interviews? Well, I really, I mean, it's just about talking to really interesting people that most of the time it's, I, we call it industry born because um, I'm an industry born company. A lot of guys who are in this industry, you know, they're born in this industry at, to some extent, uh, whether they're in uh, man, whether they're in equipment or in growing or whatever, you know, um, and not coming from the outside looking in. And so it's just kind of more to talk about what's you know what what are real people in this industry doing mm -hmm. you know and here we are talking about welding and manufacturing equipment uh but this is two real people you know this is different than a lot of people's perspective of what cannabis is like it's like this perspective of you know everybody's rich and, and they're all you know stoners and that's not necessarily neither one of those things are true <laughs> you know <laughs> not anymore you know there was yeah. a time. <laughs> well, there was easy money. Yeah, yeah. In fact, sure. w when I moved to Humboldt County, yeah. I had no idea about marijuana being yeah. grown here. I, I did, it's not why I moved here. I moved here to raise um, my kid in the country. Oh, wow. And uh, I worked for the school that taught massage training and nutrition. Yeah. It's called, it's like the original New Age freaking. Which school? College. It was called Hartwood. Okay. Hartwood Institute. It's, I went to IPSB in, in, uh, in Pacific Beach in San okay. Diego. And uh, trained uh, trained massage therapist. Oh, right on. Yeah, I did the I did that. And I was actually trained in in, uh, in uh, uh, mechanics, so rolfing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, rolfing is like the yeah. ultimate. Yeah. I mean, like what a what a that's a serious long training program. Yeah, it was kind of the accelerated. It wasn't quite the whole wow. deal, but it was structural mechanics. Yeah, I, that's been the most effective thing that's helped me yeah. um, through different issues I've had, injuries and. Yeah. Um, recovery from open heart surgery and stuff like oh, that. Oh wow! Yeah, my friend Mel is just she's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the assessment process and she helped me start breathing. My diaphragm was paralyzed. Really. After the surgery, yeah, it wasn't functioning correctly, and she helped. You know, it's so astounding. When I was involved in it, and I never really could make money doing it, mm -hmm. um, but because uh, I just didn't understand that, I didn't understand that part of it, how to do that. Yeah. You know? But um, I was always fascinated by it. And I just love it. I mean, I love it because I, you can, I can look at people and tell you, you know, I know what's wrong with that dude. You yeah. know? I know what, something happened and it happened right there. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool stuff. Um, but I actually met somebody that uh, does something that's a little bit different. He calls it active stretching. And it's absolutely, it absolutely changed my life. I broke my leg 
I broke my uh, shin, right? Uh, actually, the, the tibia plateau oh. exploded oh. on a motorcycle. Oh. And uh, so now I have a little little metal thing that holds that in yeah. place. But, uh, uh, and I was having a really hard time getting my mobility back and just being able to walk. Yeah. And uh, he does this stuff where he, which I could never do in, in, in massage, but he gets your, mus your musculature to refire, right. right? So he works on like emotion and he's working on emotion. And he's like, okay, pull against me, pull against me, pull against me. And then he goes, click. oh, there it is. Now it's engaged. And then, you know, cause he's all trying to get these muscles that are disengaged yeah. back into working. Wow. And it's such a cool thing. You're like, oh fuck. And then you're like, oh wow, that's so weird. But I, you know, with, with massage, what I was able to do was find stuck spots mm -hmm. and, and help people get through, and yeah, stuff, yeah. get through that. Yeah. But he's actually getting the muscles to come back on point. Yeah. And you're like, oh God. Fire to fire yeah, up. I fire like that terminology. It's pretty cool. Crazy. I did that too. I broke my tibial plateau. Yeah? Yeah, same massage and physical therapy. And a lot of work, but how'd you break yours? How'd you break yours? Stupid. Literally, I was on a run and I was, it was on a real steep hill. Yeah. Steep decline went, came down and just went a little too far forward, I guess. And just straight down. Ah, oh, God, it sounds so painful. I ride motorcycles a lot. Yeah. And, uh, me too. I love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I have almost 20 motorcycles. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, man. Big jealousy right here. Well, you know the correct number of motorcycles to have? As many as you can? No, no. It's <laughs> it's actually it's actually one. More. One more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I love them. They're my art. They're my art thing. So you build? Yes, oh, I build. Oh, gosh, you. I build. Do you, do you do commission stuff? I do. Really? I do. And I do pretty exotic stuff that like if I I'd lived in LA, I would I mean, I've been on the TV shows and yeah. stuff. Um but uh but my home has been up here yeah and you and i was an outlaw grower and at the time and so i'd be in these magazine articles all over the world and the, the journalists would come and to california for different shows and things yeah. and they'd get in touch with me and they're like we want to come up and see the shop and blah blah, blah. and i was <laughs> like fuck i had two different worlds i had yeah. a secret world you yeah, know you can't come up here <laughs> yeah only during very specific time periods yeah. you know oh the, my god um the world's Largest motorcycle, uh, most read motorcycle journalist is a guy named Alan Cathcart. Yeah, he syndicated he's in all the major magazines. He came to my place, but it was like the timing was precise, Perfect. and so he just kind of focused on the fact that I was an engineer. I worked in aerospace. Yeah, I built this crazy estate up there that's all off the grid, you know. Wow. And um, and when he got back to England to write the article, because he he did this one bike that I had um, that he saw down in L.A. at a show, and he was blown away by it. Well, then he researched Garberville, and it was like, <laughs> whoa, marijuana. And it, he had no, you know, he was a traditional English guy. Yeah. Like, he liked his bourbon, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's writing about this and just going on about how this region's, you know, they even have a cannabis university. He's writing all this shit in the article. Oh, wow. You know? But he didn't say in the article that I was a grower. Uh, but he almost outed you. He almost, <laughs> almost, but that kept me, uh, that kept me kind of away from that industry. I really? Mean, I was, I've had two, I've done a lot in the industry. Really? And uh, I was building custom bikes that were like actually factory, like concept bikes. Yeah. So I did three bikes for the world's largest motorcycle manufacturer in China that for really? sure numbers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for quality, it was the worst motorcycle company yeah. in the world. Their stuff was such shit. But um, I was working through a company in L.A., uh, and I did these concept bikes for a big, uh, big show, a really? big uh, dealer God, industry I, show. I would love to see it. 
Yeah, I well, I wouldn't mind it. having you up to my yeah. to my place. Yeah, no, I'm I'm friendly on both sides. I can but. have I can have anyone. I'm being legal. Yeah. Being a legal cannabis grow now is like, it's like yeah. coming out of the closet. I mean, it really, when we became legal, it was, it felt like wow, this is the shit. We're yeah. we're on the right path, you know, yeah. man. We're, and I was just looking at photographs uh, the other night from like 2016, 17, yeah. early 18, and I was at the Emerald. Uh, cup down there and I was um, working with this company called Flocana. Yep. Um, I was an early poster child for them, you yep. know, and, um, and I it was, was too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the subject, you know, yeah. I mean, we really realized that they, we made them look good. Yeah. Cause we were the OG old school legacy farmers Yeah. and we had stuff going on and, yep. and, uh, but anyway, the, that's a whole conversation about the it, state of the emerald. It is. It is. It's the corporatization of. It is. Un, it's an unfortunate twist. We knew it was coming. I mean, I think everybody kind of knew it was coming, but yeah. it's an unfortunate twist. Well, do you want to talk about? I mean, I could talk all day about motorcycles. We can just talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. Because I mean, honestly, so I've been having this moment. I have a victory, and I had a victory. I had a couple of victories. I love them. Absolutely love the bikes. And then I bought a, uh, I bought an Indian Roadmaster because that's my wife and I mm -hmm. ride, and. Uh, so I have beautiful bikes, I, 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 just stunning, just rolling stunning machine. Yeah. yeah, really, really nice for a for a factory bike. Mm -hmm. um, I fucked it up a little bit, and then I took it back to original. I was like, okay, don't don't fuck with these things. Just leave it alone. It was just fine, you know. Tried to add pipes and do this crap. It was like, yeah, it runs like shit. Uh, but I got it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been thinking about like recently. I'm like, I want to do a bobber, and I've got all this access because I have a shop, and I'm like, well. I don't know what to do first things first. I'm like, well, first thing is go buy a fucking bike and start taking it apart. And then get, make different parts and put it back together and make it look cool. But uh, I've been thinking about it for a while about finding, working with somebody to, to, to work on a bike or commission a bike because um, they're just, they're magic. Yeah. A motorcycle is a magical thing. Yeah. It's functional art. Yeah. It's industrial yeah, exactly. art, really, you know. It really is. It's industrial art plus you know, the riding of a motorcycle is the ultimate expression of, of, of America, in my mind. Yeah. It's like still the horse, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like the cowboy. I mean, yeah. it's the same fucking thing. Totally. Like, yeah. I hear you. I hear you, man. <laughs> my equivalent, I have a, a, a 2000 Electroglide Ultra Classic. Nice. It's got, uh, it's got probably, well, about 20,000 miles on it. Now, I got it with 12,000 miles on it about three years ago. Had wow. a sidecar on it. Had really? A, had to get that out of there. And I sold the sidecar for more than... Half of what I paid for the whole really, rig. yeah, because oh, they're wow. rare, they're yeah. Harley sidecar. But I brought that thing. I kind of un, yeah, I had like neon and yeah, like I I un I unfuckified it. Yeah, yeah, unfuglied it. Yeah, and I just brought it back to the classic freaking Harley Electric Glide yeah. touring bike, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. But I made it work, you know, with yeah. better brakes. Uh, some suspension stuff to get the thing to really yeah. handle right, yeah. and then uh, you know making the motor actually breathe and actually run. Yeah, yeah. actually run <laughs> instead of beating itself to death. <laughs> yeah, fifty-five horsepower, some stupid thing like that. It went from fifty-five to like a hundred horsepower. Yeah, like, there you go. Like simple. Yeah, hundred is good. Yeah, hundred oh is God. actually now you own the road yeah. and command the road. You can do what you need to. Yeah, your yeah. Indians have quite a bit more power than that. I think that. This one has, uh, I think it's an 87. Uh -huh. Yeah, the newer ones are much better. Uh -huh. but this one was like an 87. Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, I had a classic deluxe, a deluxe. I had a deluxe. I traded a truck for a deluxe. It was a stunning deluxe. It was yeah. blue and white, and just like, oh, this is like, 
was, but it was like. Was it early Indian, like the SNS motors? Uh, no, this my 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 now or the deluxe the deluxe with the, the Harley Deluxe I told, traded for was an '88. Oh, it was a, a, a Harley. Harley okay, Deluxe, yeah. So it, it was like the the classic one that the that uh, the Deluxe is what they what the. Uh, the uh hispanic community in, in la that's what they always chop her out with mm -hmm. the little with the little fishtails fishtails on them yeah yeah that's the classic one it was a beautiful bike it's just a stunning bike didn't yeah. have any of that stuff on it but um it was like it was an 88 it was such a dog yeah it was such a dog i just couldn't even i was like i'm not gonna the just, evo motor yeah i just let it go i just i, I got rid of it uh -huh. but it was beautiful it was a beautiful bike but the indian is much more it's better than that um a little bit better than that. It gets my wife and I out of trouble, which is important, you know. But I want a bike. I want a bike bike. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to, I want something people are going to go, fuck, yeah. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> yeah, look at that. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. I ride a lot of bikes like that. Like, I took a, a ride down in Mexico with four, four friends. Um, we did 5,300 miles in three and a half weeks. I left from Humboldt. And we went all Baja and the ferry boat over to the mainland and all the really? way down the coast and came up through the Sierra uh, Madre Mountains. Really? And, um, and through uh, Copper Canyon. Have you ever heard of that? Oh. It's like this huge canyon system. It's like bigger than the Grand Canyon. Really? No one knows about it because there's never like heard of it. no one there. <laughs> but the twisty. So I took a Triumph, uh, yeah. a new Triumph that I have that's a scrambler. Yeah. And uh, so it has high suspension, can handle dirt roads and stuff. Yeah. But it's total, like, like what Steve McQueen would ride. Right, right. It's so 60s. It's <laughs> so neat, man. Yeah. But, and, I, and I love it. And the colors are beautiful. And that thing would attract attention. Like, yeah. like it's just like, that's a beautiful motorcycle. Yeah. I, and I, that's fun. Like the, I like the cafe style bikes. I yeah. like those too. And uh, Lance, uh, who works for me, he's, he's a cafe kind of guy. He's well, you'll have to look bike. up um, the, the, my last name, Stefano. Yeah. Um, uh, the Cafe 9. Okay. Yeah, that got a shit ton of press. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a like an evolved retro cafe. It's kind of its yeah, own thing, its you own know. Thing. Yeah, but it's a Ducati. Really? Yeah, Ducati V twin. It's it. absolutely stunning. I I so I look at that's what I do. I like I look at bikes and I and I go, okay, well, what could you do? What could you do with that? And then I see I go on and I'll look at what yeah. people are doing with them and I'm like, oh, that's that's fucking brilliant. That yeah. bike because uh, I got my eye right now on. A, I used to have a. It's a it was it's a victory fat tire so it's a victory eight uh, king or no it's the eight ball or whatever it is I can't remember fat tire bike like a two forty two eighty on the back yeah it's like a two eighty I think yeah that's so big. about as big as it gets yeah well to ride for rideability for yeah. real right yeah yeah and uh, um, and the way that that bike is slung you know and I'm like oh dude if you just fucking kicked it down just drop it down a little bit in the just a little bit you know. You could drop that. It would just change the whole. And I go on. I'm like, oh, is anybody doing this? Making a bobber? And I go on. And there's these guys making these sick ass. I'm like, yes, of course they are. Yeah. It's fucking super cool. So, um, but yeah, that's what I look at. It. I'm like, God, I want to do that. Well, I just taking them had apart is. To, 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 you just to do, do it. it though. I mean, like choppers are called choppers because people they chop were the shit out. Chop the shit out. <laughs> and like, like it's part of the the to me is part of the tradition of being a motorcyclist. Yeah. A biker is like is actually fucking with your stuff because guys with cars rarely do that yeah you know but not like, as much anymore that's for sure taking your your bike apart and like and just looking at it and seeing the possibilities is yeah. awesome man 
yeah. Yeah, and bobbers are, you remember Street Fighters? Street yeah. Fighters? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah. They were just like these sport bikes that were wrecked, and you get them for nothing, and you just <laughs> stripped them down to nothing, and <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fucking a classic. Brilliant. Yeah, I was totally all about that stuff. I was building street trackers that were like, looked like little flat track bikes. Yeah. But were street legal, like way back when. Yeah. Because I was basically stripping down these bikes like that. Yeah. I love it. I have a business in it, and uh, and so do you sell? Are you selling bikes? I mean, I do. I yeah. should probably sell some bikes right now. <laughs> shit's That's tight I'm right sorry. now. <laughs> yeah. What with excise taxes? Oh and yeah, with your else? with your licensing fees for your mm -hmm. cannabis. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 The state just got 15 grand from me. I'm glad that the, I have these because I'm also a general contractor. Yeah. So I make money. I've been self-financing my business, my compliant. Uh, cultivation up there. I have a God, that's such shit. My my farm's called Villa Paradiso. Yeah, and um, I have about a twenty one thousand square foot permit, medium cultivation. Yeah, and um, and I'm so far off the grid. I'm all solar and hydroelectric, and wow, that's great. And we're all the way out there. Our community. I mean, it's a it's a grower community, and yeah, we are way the hell out there. Because it really, honestly, in the day, it's like... That's where you had to be. We were safe. And, you know, when they came out, they came out in big convoys and <laughs> yeah. helicopters. <laughs> yeah. And um, a lot of times they just leave you alone because they were just a pain in the ass. It yeah. certainly got during the green rush where they were busting. Yeah. It was obvious. They were busting things that were right off the main road. Yeah, yeah. You know? Going for the low-hanging fruit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I got busted in 2001. Really? Yeah, I, has. I was an indoor grower. Then it was, that definitely was kind of my mechanical engineering, you know, it was an easy, easy evolution into that kind of cultivation. Yeah. Um, I could control the systems and everything, yeah. but um, it's awful. Yeah. You know, the indoor cultivation is just awful. For yeah. The, for the world, it grows shit-ass weed. It's chemi. It's, yeah. um, I mean, I know a lot of people have big indoors and they don't yeah. smoke their stuff. They smoke our stuff, my yeah. stuff. Yeah, we, it's, it's a completely different, um, there's so much missing. I mean, as good as you get, it's still so much missing. It's a completely I, different experience. In, in jail, I kind of did the math on the amount of, like, impact on the environment and the world my indoor cultivation was. Yeah. And it just made me sick. It really did. Yeah. When I did start growing again after four or five years of not, um, because of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's called once bitten, twice shy. Little well, shy. yeah, and I focused on my other business stuff. I got my contracting and the bike thing really going. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I did come back in, it was like, it was as groovy as possible. Like, I, I wanted it to be just, not just organic, but like, what can I give back? Yeah. As a steward of the land up there. And so, yeah. it is. It's a regenerative farm. You know, we, we have all, all kinds of inputs there. And composting and everything else in the solar oh. all kinds of stuff we have very very low we don't use plastics we use uh netting um jute netting yeah. for our trellising and stuff like that bamboo um most farms you go to around here just have piles of plastic trash like Lots unbelievable waste, yeah. waste. Yeah. all the uh, pull tarps and everything else hey to each their own but man it's like if you're just looking at it in terms of impact it's it's just messy yeah. and the indoor cultivation has gotten really is really messy that yeah. i don't understand how california can even allow it considering how groovy they are and with climate change like yeah. every single joint associated with indoors is is got a carbon footprint it's it's yeah. crazy i think it's pretty pretty amazing that that they haven't been more stringent on it because to your point it is absolutely 
as impactful an or <laughs> operation I mean, as you, I can, you can have. Other it growers. just really is, but it just, I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, there's plenty of guys doing good work, but honestly, I mean, look at all the, look at how much hard, how much harder it is to do that and how much more work it is to manage that amount of waste that, that you have to have. You have to, that's what you have to produce. You have to produce a certain amount of waste because that's how it is. You know, in the outdoor, most of that stuff you can, you can recirculate or, re, or keep within the system, right? You don't have to have brand new medium every time you grow. You don't have to, you know, figure out how to wash out all your salts. You don't have to figure out where you're going to flush that stuff down. No, you're you, cultivating killer you know, soil. You're yeah. cultivating live soil. You're spending your time making soil. The, the thing about plants. the full season plants is that they have this, you know, you're building soil so it can, so that it can do a full season. It's yeah. not a, you're not supercharging or turbocharging the weed by, yeah. you know, giving it chemical fertilizers. It's a lot like it's a lot like steroids. I mean, when you when you when you look at the way that we do those plants, yeah, and you, but your gain is so low. Yeah, like what's the real gain when you look at the cost? Well, well they this. get they get something that looks really good on Instagram. Like the age of the buyer, <laughs> the age of the buyer coming up yeah. to our place and actually smoking, yeah. you know, like rolling a joint from from your pounds. That's that's so gone. Yeah. That is so gone. It's just like they look at it. They want it to look like something on Instagram. Yeah. And they all they want it to all look like indoor. Yeah. And I'm like, who who is driving the the this economy? Who's driving the market? Yeah. Here and um, I mean, you you want to do a state of the Emerald Triangle? Um, what's going on in the Emerald Triangle? It's we're pretty fucked right now, you know. Yeah. And um, we're not like driving the boat, even though. We kind of created this industry, yeah. um, stayed in it, and provided really amazing weed to people. Right when when it was dangerous to do that, you know, yeah, um, it was more than dangerous to do that. The the the, the point is is that um, what was the point? What was that? Fuck! I just I don't know. We were rolling right along. Yeah, I guess I, I get I get a little upset about, about the, where we're at in the emerald triangle yeah i'm get upset about what's going you know there's a big market collapse right now yeah and that's well, affecting people really really strongly well two years ago we saw it in oregon mm -hmm. and um you know that there's i don't know we were i was just talking about this a minute ago too is like this is really like to see the price go to 500 in california that's astounding yeah like that's astounding and that's as and i saw something about them talk about stimulus for, for California cannabis, and that just means they fucked it up. Like, the government fucked this thing up really so quick bad too. In, in such a short period in of time. In five years, yeah. Yeah, yeah it took a, a, a potentially globally prosperous uh, uh, business and fucked it. Well, California, there was some some fuckery going on because the original proposition <laughs> in California. Yeah, oh, come on. The proposition sixty four. <laughs> it was like an eleventh hour thing yeah. for them to go ahead and, and be like, oh, we're just going to drop this one acre cap on licenses. Yeah. And also this vertical integration of having like one corporate entity can have like four different licenses, which makes you vertical. So here's the thing: people in L.A. they can't get our weed. Yeah. They get they can go to a dispensary and buy exactly what the dispensary wants to sell, which happens to be the weed that the dispensary it's is growing, growing yeah. under their cultivation licenses. Yeah. And they're, so they're smoking indoor weed. And yeah. it's, uh, regularly I get people asking me, where can I get 
this? Where can I get my my weed? Yeah. And um, and I'm like, I don't have any clue. Yeah. Okay. I don't. The the whole branding thing. Yeah. Like, we mentioned a name earlier. You know, it's like the original thing was to co-brand and support. Yeah. Just be a conduit for the small yeah. legacy high-end growers. Yeah. That are crafted. It's craft. You know. Yeah. Um, they all they, they wound up wanting to have their own brand which is yeah. what other distributors do too yeah. so that they can basically um they can fill fulfill supply line yeah. uh, any way that they want to yeah it gives them much more control and much more value yeah i get it i know i know exactly what they're that and i was just i just don't understand like that'd be kind of like that'd be kind of like a dairy farmer right Saying, oh yeah, you got 30 cows. Well, you're gonna have to come out with a brand. So I, I need you to. You're gonna have to have some really good marketing on your on your milk box. Like really, dude. Fuck. You can't really. You can't. How are you gonna compete in that world? Well, right? the way they they could compete is by selling they direct do. to a consumer. They do because they put all that shit in their brand box, right? You just we just don't at the size. You don't have the. Op I mean. How hard is it to get brand recognition, period? And oh. then the amount of money it takes to, to get global recognition? Well, people don't and understand really what it means. It's it's millions and millions and millions of dollars. And you're competing on Instagram, which yeah. is a global marketplace, yeah. against guys, big guys. They, well, they have the have the have already have that pull or already a lot of some of these brands have brands built on other things and then they're coming in with cannabis. You know, it's just like an un you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, making any assumptions, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, do you have a marketing team? You know, do you have, how many people do you have running your Instagram? You know, it's like my girlfriend's God, putting things on Instagram every go. now and then. Yeah. That's how it is. We're not mega corps. No, you can't. We're be. not. The, we're the opposite of corporate weed. We're yeah. like highly craft. We're like the the parallel. Obviously, is the wine industry. Right. Also cigars. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the wine industry, they a small scale, like under a thousand cases a year, high-end winery gets so much recognition, and they have a mailing list that is full, and their shit's sold. Yep, because they know? can sell. They can sell to the consumer. consumer we can't sell directly to the consumer. We have all these people in the middle, and they take our weed and throw it in with the, just as bulk. Yeah. And this is the horrifying thing in the yeah. last few years is like they don't want to smoke this stuff. They don't even know anything about that. Yeah. That this effects of a of naturally grown weed yeah. is so much better. And and they don't and we're doing good things with the land and everything else. Um, people want would want want our stuff. Yeah. They just can't they can't don't have a direct path to get it. Yeah. That's a real problem. I mean other things like yeah. um, you know, being taxed like mad taxed whether we're making money or not yeah that's bullshit that is bullshit you know it feels punitive you know it is they punitive. still hate us yeah. like us like uh off the gritters or whatever yeah. you know no it's definitely it definitely looks like that if it you feels can, that way it, it looks that way you can't how can you i mean i was I, I, we have similar problems not the same problems obviously i don't have quite that that level of taxation but i have I don't get any representation. I can't get banking. I can't do business like a normal fucking company. You know, right. so I get it. It's like, why? Whoa, you're in you're in cannabis. No, I'm not. You won't find any cannabis in my shop. You will never find any cannabis in my shop. You never see cannabis in my shop. You have the word green in your in the name of your. I could change the name of my company. They still come after me that way. You know, mm -hmm. they just it's just it is punitive. Like I can't get lending. I can't get yeah. short term money. Don't have any access to any of that stuff. Which is all the kind of stuff that a company like mine needs. 
but I can't have access to. Right. So it's the same, you know, you guys are getting it much worse because of the taxation and the regulation that's fucking created by morons who've never run a business in their lives. These people are elected officials who've never run businesses for the most part, and they craft legislation based on who, who has the most money right. talking to them, talking to getting them, right. their ear. And then they, and they come out with this shit, and then they crush, and they took a vibrant... Like, I, I can't even believe that, can, that Cal, uh, California isn't the market world market leader in cannabis. It this should state be. should be making the... Which they do anyway. They do make the best cannabis in the world. Why is it being killed? It's being destroyed uh, when, it's, when this is the mecca, the foundation of cannabis. Like, the best cannabis in the world has always been grown here. It's right here. People don't have access to it. That's right. The distros do not want to buy our stuff and sell that in. There are, okay, there are some dispensaries, okay, that do, like, showcase. There's, like, Soulful mm -hmm. down there in Sebastopol. Awesome. They, they, they're they into the craft farmers. But 99% of them yeah. don't care and and they're because they're... I, I think they're just connected to the cultivation. They're just selling shit weed. Sure. And, yeah. and the thing is, the price at the dispensary hasn't changed no, at all. It never does. It's going to so go up. So who's making all the money? Yeah. Not, I know. That's the thing. That's, but that's how it works until you figure out how to balance it out. And how do you balance it out? I don't understand that one. That's I what, think there should be different levels. If you're a small, medium cultivator, you, you have access to... They've got to like, they can't just tax the fuck out of everything. That's just bullshit. You can't just do that. Like, taxing is not the answer. Like, it doesn't do anything. Just because something is valuable doesn't mean you get to fucking rape the people who do it over the course. Well, they th like you brought yeah. up before, they think that all cannabis... Uh, everyone in the cannabis industry is rich. Rich, yeah. You know? And so the money grab is has been yeah. unbelievable, yeah. dude, over the last five yeah. or six years. Yeah. From every direction. Everybody's you want to get certified with some company that does organic certification, you know, Bam! Where's the money? Money, yeah. money, 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 money. Yeah, and there's there's pro, it's, there's a lot of profiteering going on. Yeah. And the the munici the government they, they they it's really been ridiculous. I mean, well, I, they're killing it. They're they're choking it out, and they're going to they're going to choke it all the but way. But so out. many of us have made it this far. Yeah. You know, like it's been five six years in it. Like it was July of two, it was the summer of 2015 when this whole area here, the Emerald Triangle had like a, a tremor go through it because the water board, the state water board with satellite imagery is basically, they've threatened everyone with 10,000 a day fines if you didn't sign on to the, um, uh, sign into the water uh, program with California, um, which most of us had never even heard of yeah. that you even need to do that. But that was the very beginning of of the regulatory thing to, that's wound up with compliance yeah. is that if, if you were um, going to be a cultivator, you had a, uh, well, there was, that was the first big step. This first thing that had like, well, oh, wow, we have to interact with the outside world yeah. here a little bit as growers other than being busted yeah. occasionally. Um, that was the first one. And, and there's so many agencies and everyone else now in, involved in it. Um, it's a struggle for, so it's, many it's people I know have not made it through compliance. Yeah, it's they unbelievable. Just, and they, they wonder why the black market is still so strong. And it's actually probably stronger than the, than the legal market at this point, just from a robustness. You know, you know here's it's a... Just, it just, you, how do you do it legally if they're killing you? Yeah. There's this other thing I was, I was thinking about. 
if you added up all the square footage of all the cultivation licenses that the state of California have granted, yeah, and then you go ahead and do an easy, you know, algorithm on like what's times whatever amount of pound of yeah. production per square foot or whatever, and then take that amongst all the adults in California. I mean, I, I think that they're over licensing like yeah. mad. They're the state is complicit in this thing. Yeah. They want that money. And there's not enough people in California to digest all this wheat being grown. And I don't know that. I can't say I'm a scientist on that one. But well, I'd say sure, the price is telling you that you're right. Yeah, there's it's, oversupply, it's, it's, it's man. Oversupply. And that's that's just absolutely right. So how do you I don't know, I mean without being able to go outside the state from a legal perspective, which is bullshit. Uh, you know, because I again, you could probably take this, take everything that's grown here, and ship it across the country and sell it all. Oh you know, yeah, that's well, how it should be. But traditionally, we don't, that's what we was don't going have. On. We don't want to do that. We want to have this. We want to have these microcosms of uh, a business climate, and we want to have the rules here. Be and it's just, it's just fuckery all the way through. And and, and this state's not the only one. Every state's having the same kind of problem. And the federal government's just sitting on their hands, waiting. You know. What happens when the federal government comes on board and says, oh, yeah, we want a 30% tax because what? That does nothing for anybody that's producing. It, you know, that just doesn't do any. Taxes never really solve the problems that people who tax think yeah, they solve. Yeah. They, they tell you that, oh, we're going to tax. It's going to do this. No, it's just going to fucking cost the guy that does the work money. If you came that's down our, our county road, okay, yeah. our county municipal government supported road, it's shocking, dude. Maybe in the in the Kalahari Desert in Africa after a rainstorm, the roads are worse. They are so fucking bad. It's unbelievable. All that, all that good marijuana money at work. Well, so so like these funds that we pay into this Measure S are supposed to go towards yeah. a fund that is to support then. Right you know, come back and mm -hmm. help and everything else. Well, nothing's happened. Yeah, in Vegas, all the marijuana money, money was supposed to go to the schools. Uh -huh. A fucking penny's gone to the schools, Matt. It's going into the rainy day fund. We have a fucking rainy day fund, dude. You know what a rainy day fund is? I don't know what a fucking rainy day fund is. It's somewhere where the governor can put his fucking hand when he wants to, and that's what it looks like is happening. Wow. We had a rainy day for the last year and a half, you know, COVID. So yeah. that money's not, we, no one even knows where that fucking money is. Wow. It was supposed to go. Yeah. It's a post, it's allocated, or was told, sold to the people yeah. that it, oh, money from this will go to schools. Because the school system in Vegas, in Nevada, the worst in the fucking nation. The worst. Shit. Horrible schools, right? So, oh, we're going to use this this good money. We're going to fucking, they yeah. ain't using that fucking money for that. It's yeah. like San Diego. When I was in San Diego, they're like, oh, the lotto man. We're going to use all this fucking lotto money to pay for the schools. They didn't fucking pay for any schools with the yeah. lotto money. It went right in the pockets of the fat cats. And you never see that money. It's just yeah. bullshit. It's lies upon lies. They just keep taking that fucking money. And, it, and you just run out. You can't do it. It's not designed to be sustainable. It's not. Because they yeah. don't have any idea what it takes. You know what I mean? It's not designed with sustainability in mind. Yeah. You can tax. I don't have a problem with taxes. But when you go above what is tenable... You, you ruin the system. Yeah. The system can only survive under a certain amount of pressure. Yeah. You know, you go beyond that and you destroy the system. You know, that, that's why you see it every time that, that uh, uh, the administration changes and they lower taxes. You see a spike in economic productivity and movement throughout the whole country. Right. Everybody gets excited. You go the other direction and everybody gets fucking dampered. It, it never ends. It's always the same fucking story. And they always do the same thing. And they always, you know, oh, no, no, we need more taxes. You can't tax it to death, man. You kill it. And then no one's going to do it. It's not that you, 
you could keep taking money from them, but no one's going to do it. Why would you spend all that time and energy to, to work your ass off right. and get nothing for it? You mentioned federal legalization, you know, and then you said, and you were like, yeah, and they're going to tax you at 30%. I was, I've been thinking about this lately. I was like, well, I, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't mind paying more tax if through federal legalization I was able to access the entire country, country yeah. but I was able to access customers no. directly no. and have them on my, you know, my customer yeah. list. If, if that was the case, then I would probably be okay about boning that up because I really think that's a huge. Well, if you had direct access to a market, you'd be better off yes. anyway. I mean, yes. cause then you can, yeah, then you can afford that. But, yeah. but the problem is all those middlemen and then, well, know. we, I, there wouldn't be middlemen with, yeah. What the, well, Amazon would be farms. there. Amazon would be the delivery company <laughs> for weed, and you know. Well, there are some companies <laughs> out there. It's getting there's like it seems like there's this new generation of of um, online, uh, you know, like you have the delivery service, right? Yeah. But basically, putting people together with the weed that they want yeah. and having it get to them. That this new generation of uh, this on, you know online based stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, Ginger and this other one, I can't remember. Um, but we don't, we don't have that right now and it's really screwing us. It's really bad. It is really bad. It's unfortunate. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not a politician. I don't run a fucking com a country, so I don't, I don't know what the fuck I would do, but it just isn't right. It doesn't make any sense to me the way they do it. It's so highly regulated. Um, maybe after federal legalization that really will, will change. Um, uh, I mean, California is so fucked up. I mean, or I can't. Can descheduling. You really, can you re imagine California actually doing anything? Like California is just—they've created this problem. They've created a lot of problems. Yeah, they do that too. They do. They try they, and fuck they up chased, everything. They, they chased you away. Yeah. Like you, you. you, you know, vibrant they, business. Like thousands and thousands of others yeah. that would love to be here. Yeah. I mean, and. Uh, I did love. Cal I I loved living in San Diego. It was a beautiful place. Yeah. But. I make I make better money and I can visit San Diego anytime I want to. <laughs> well, we just in California we just happen to have the very center and original like uh, beginnings in the United States of, of growing the, the very best weed, yeah. and so we can't trans we can't go anywhere else. We're dependent on the weather and the yeah. the the um, I mean the weather is really important. Yeah, the community is is, is much important and. Yeah. Um, and our like whole lifestyle around it up there is, it's getting close to three generations of people there. That yeah, that's pretty grown. incredible. That's pretty incredible that that we have that many generations of people, you know, in this industry, that 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 amount of knowledge. You know, that's a that's a that's a little bit of a treasure in and of itself, right? I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about artisanry. You're talking about it builds on and culture and yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really amazing that there's that much in it, and all that's not being paid attention to. Well, it's just the... our weed is special, and it's very different than the weed they're growing in a warehouse in yeah. Desert Hot Springs. Yeah, it's just never, it's just not going to be the same thing. Yeah, and part of me kind of, it just feels so awful that this plant, this beautiful plant, is being so in such slavery you know <laughs> down there being force-fed chemicals to yeah. you know become like barbie dolls and stuff yeah. and uh anyways kind of how i feel i'm kind of all about the plant no it's totally legitimate i mean it's a craft thing right you you you, you gotta 
there's something that's being lost and I think it happens it's happened with every 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 time anybody's gone to like the massive market size it always something gets lost you know hopefully hopefully it won't destroy everybody and we'll get we'll keep some of that craft and we'll keep you know just like wine has craft and yeah. and beer has craft and you know but um, you know we got talked to by distributors and like the basically like with my deals with Flocana I could kind of walk with them as it kind of evolved and mm -hmm. got bigger and got money in. I mean, somewhat, not a whole lot. But the point is, is the whole concept of having to fill shelves. Yeah. You know, a thousand stores ac across California, you have to stock those shelves with this brand. Yeah. And that's the kind of weird, but that's based on a fucked up sales model. Yeah. Distribution, you know, cultivation, distribution, um, transportation, manufacturing, whatever, then to just, you know, retail yeah. sales. It's like, um, in that model, you have to fill shelves all over a thousand stores and you have to be this big scale yeah. that you're getting forced into this scale. Well, none of us craft farmers can, can no, you can't do fill, it. you know, you know yeah. produce that much, yeah. whatever it is, 100,000 pounds a year yeah. or something. I think, um, but a different sales model, like basically having actual consumer access direct sale yeah uh that would then then you I, don't I mean, have to stock shelves I, I know why they haven't but i mean it, there should be uh the amway of, of of weed you know what i mean i mean that direct sales model would this is the best business for it but i know it will never happen because they they're not gonna let it but you know what i mean because that's the kind of that's where you can get that kind of exposure because you talk to your friends you're like oh dude i got this great thing in I mean, that's you know it's I such think, a new it's such a new um, and it was not a new industry, but it's such a new thing going into this legal, you know, this yeah. through with compliance into this legal realm that, I mean, everyone was expecting huge ups and downs or yeah. this, or that, but it's, it just happened really fast, you know, it's really accelerated and we're seeing, I mean, we see, we see it too as a, as an equipment company, you know, it's not, you know, when this happens, we feel it. Uh -huh. Right. We know. I mean, like we feel the pain Like when all of our when all of our farmers are feeling the pain. Yeah, we feel the pain. You know, we see when the when the market starts to sag, you know, we're in the same spot, man. We get yeah. it. You know, we we help farmers bring their bring their margins down. But when you're stressed to that level, you can't afford to buy equipment. Yeah. You know, this is now now this is affecting, you know, it's affecting us as well. And we're looking at the same same situation. It's so it's it goes all the way through the whole system. And actually what we're seeing right now and it's across. It's really kind of crazy this year. Last year was a good year. Uh, last year, COVID year was a good year mm -hmm. and there was a lot of movement this year. It's been it hasn't been nearly I think uh, the whole sector's off 30 or 40 percent. Yeah. And I think uh, hydro is down, too. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those years where it's like. Of course, you can't find out all that information for real, so you don't know for a fact. But you know, when I come out here and I start talking to people, and they're like, "Wow, market's down," and I go, "This is the largest market. This is the largest market for us. Uh -huh. This is the largest market in the world for us. This is the largest market in the world for cannabis. And if this market is going like that, yeah. then that's just gonna. What's that gonna do? It means everybody's in a push like that. It's yeah. happening across. So we'll, it'll balance at some point. But I mean. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that. It's fucking frustrating, man, because it doesn't have to be like this. This could be a really vibrant eco economy and a really vibrant, uh, you know, uh, uh, business for a lot of people if they would just stop fucking it. 
Well, we've been stop, working stop for years away. to be businesses in this yeah. and to, to, to do the transition. You know, there's a couple of things come to mind, like all this weed from Southern Oregon that's being grown is supposedly hemp, but it's not. Yeah. It's OG or whatever. It's coming in like it's affecting this market in a yeah. big way. Well, they got okay. fucked two years ago. I mean, they were down at 200 bucks, 250, well, 300 bucks. Because they're, it's out of hand. Yeah, they over-licensed. Right. Yeah, they over-licensed and they fucking, and they don't have anybody, nobody lives up there. So how many, you know, how many billions of tons of cannabis can you sell in Oregon? It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know I ever sold weed to Oregon. No, probably not. I gave a lot of people <laughs> weed, but I, I think, yeah, I think there's obviously a, a situation going on. We've had, you know, the people who are going to make That's it funny. through this are going to be the people who want to really be here yeah. on the small to yeah. mid-sized farm thing. There's a lot of people who've just showed up out here just to make money. And, and but the kind of, my friends and the kind of farmers I know yeah. are people that actually ho you know, have home here. Yeah. You know, they raise kids here. They I don't, I, don't I, I just, I mean, this is like, I'm not, this isn't the first conversation that's this story is what the story is. You know, it's like, I, there's gotta be a way to, f to, to figure out how to fix it. but. I just don't like what. What can you do? We just have no access to what you need, and uh, they're not going to give it to you. You know what I mean? And like, and like, and to your point about the distributors, you know what distributors want? They want margins. They want margins, and they want shit that looks one way or the other because that's what they're selling. They can just fucking bang it out. They don't want to do any work. Yeah, but they they're upselling. They want to buy outdoor and sell it as light depth. Yeah. And then they want to buy light dip and sell it as like glass house. If they and then they want to buy like you know greenhouse weed yeah. and they want to sell it as indoor. Really, they want to buy anything and and up mm -hmm. and stage it all the way up to indoor. Yeah, which it just boggles my mind that people would want to buy indoor. I just yeah. um, but the people who well own to be, indoors to fair, want to sell the indoor. There was a time when the intent the the TAC content and in indoor was blowing everybody out of the water. I mean, and, and only the best outdoor guys were doing good, you know, because but they were just growing huge. Most of the outdoor was just such volume. The indoor was like this, like this premium thing. Yeah, and now THC. it's not. THC, <laughs> all about the THC. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, so there's this thing that says, well, if you have more THC, it makes better pot. You yeah. should want to buy it. That's kind of like, well, what if like this, I don't know what's a typical car out there in the world. Like say a Dodge, okay, yeah. a Dodge, uh, a Dodge Charger. Say, okay, I have one, an old one, but um, <laughs> it makes 600 horsepower. Yeah. Well, the Ferraris and Lamborghinis that make less than 600 horsepower aren't as good. Yeah. They're not because it's less horsepower. Less horsepower. That's the right. THC is this one fucking thing. I'm sorry I swear so much. No, it's okay. I'm swearing with you, but, so we're good to go. it's like one thing yeah. in this enormously complex and amazing magical plant, right. you right. know, all these compounds, all this stuff. And it's like, well, we're not going to buy. This is real, man. We're not going to buy your beautiful weed because it's only coming in at 22%. Yeah. And we want to get stuff that's over, you know, over that. And, and it's like, really? THC? Yeah. I'm just saying, you know what it's I mean? It's not the thing. I get it. But that, that we're, I mean, this is Gangier. We're right there next to that. What's going on over there? There's your education source. And hopefully that P 
people will start kind of going down that conversation route a little bit more and right. people can get more educated because you know uh, i go back to wine or even whiskey like i didn't understand jack squat about whiskey i knew it got me fucked up right and then i sat down with a guy at a whiskey shop and i was like okay i don't know shit yeah. and he's like okay I'll help you. <laughs> you nice. Like, Sounds oh, okay. Like fun. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now I get it a little bit, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, and to that, before that point, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even smell a scotch yeah. and it'd be like, oh, well, see, see, kids aren't smoking our weed. Same thing. Yeah. People that appreciate our weed are people that are older Yeah. and, and it takes a little bit of time to learn that this is makes you feel fucking amazing. Right. And, and this other stuff just knocks you on the couch and, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, this maturing well, and, happens and, with God, wine, man, whiskey. These guys are hitting these these concentrates and these heavy duty stuff, and yeah, it's, it's just, just like drugs, man. you're just missing it. You're missing the whole deal, yeah. dude. Well, you're really high, but you're missing the thing. People want to get you know? really high. They do want to get really high, yeah. and they, and they do. That's yeah. okay. Animals like it. to get high too. They're uh, missing out. I I I don't. Know. Anyway, it's. I'm, I, I love, love this area, the Emerald how, Triangle. It's, how could you not? This is beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful part of this country. There's some real challenges living out here. Yeah. Those roads I was mentioning. <laughs> yeah. It's really unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. That's crazy. Like waves in the road that yeah. are like two feet deep, you know, that yeah. are just like a washboard gone crazy, you know? <laughs> Somebody needs to get up. Uh, uh, a skid steer and fucking well someone <laughs> needs to but it's not the county it's not the county right no because don't, don't leave it up to those guys yeah They're you fucking... just once you cross the mendocino county line yeah. the road improves a hundred percent yeah you know and i don't know why i don't i'm not an expert in how that works why you know? money's going somewhere because you know they're taking it well i guess yeah uh, yeah certainly but <laughs> I, they don't have any i don't know anyway i'm it's good talking to you. I feel like I could talk about a lot of different things. We could talk all day. Well, uh, I got to hit mean, the road. You do got to hit the road? Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to have a car conversation, too, because I'm a car guy myself. But oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got? Next time. Uh, I, I, right now, I have, I, I have a, a, a Cayman, a Porsche Cayman GT4, oh, beautiful. which is just stunning piece of machinery. Yeah. And I have a Raptor, which mm. is another stunning piece of it information. It really is. And I beat the shit out of both of them. Yeah. I drive them like they were meant to be driven. Yeah, yeah, those Raptors, when you see someone on the gas, like on the Bell Springs Road, yeah. it's like 30-mile dirt road that we use all the time. And you and when those trucks come around and they're on the boogie, you can see it's just, it works so good yeah. for the, for the dirt roads. It just goes like a bat out of hell. Yeah. You can do 70, 80 miles an hour on stuff that you would, you would, you would never want to do that on. Mm -hmm. And it just floats. Yeah, it's impressive. It's really cool. It's a Baja. I mean, it is really was, they, they didn't go after four wheeling. They went after Baja. Uh -huh. And that's what it does. Well, it just hauls ass. Yeah, actually, these roads are a lot like Baja roads. Yeah. We don't have the deep, deep <laughs> sand, yeah. you know? But like, um, when we punish our rigs on these yeah. roads, it's like, doing well you got 10,000 miles dirt road on your truck well that's like 10 Baja 1000s <laughs> yeah. you know no wonder you like had to replace your shock so every, much every year yeah uh, but they so the thing about it is the faster you go the smoother it is yeah so you, you kind of have to drive them like that yeah and they just kind of ride up on top of those bumps yeah uh, the Raptors are amazing it's a really good truck I love it yeah one of cool. my I sold a uh, I, I traded in actually an f-150 a burly beautiful black f-150 and a 2015 mustang 
for that truck. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever done. Well, yeah, I burned the motor out on it, by the way. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep oil in them. Yeah, they got to keep a lot of oil in them. Uh-huh. They get really hot, those yeah. little turbos. Yeah. Wow. It's only a 3.5 liter, so it, uh, you got to keep on liters. them. Yeah. yeah. 450 horsepower. Six cylinder, V6. Yeah, V6. Yeah, they're pretty impressive seeing on the on the road. They're pretty cool. Highly recommend one. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been a motorhead since I was in high school. Yeah. And, and when I moved out here when I was like 24, 25, um, like I was really into living naturally and having my kids grow naturally, but I've always been a motorhead. Yeah. In the spite of it. Well, and so I, you have a fire truck. Yes. Yeah. I do have a fire. It's a military <laughs> six by six. It's called the Wookiee. And it's a badass truck. And I, it was on the fire, like, local fire department. Everybody who's anybody always wanted a fire truck. I mean, that's gotta be the coolest thing. Well, I built it. I mean, yeah. it, it's not red, it's it's um, Desert Storm Sand. Nice. Yeah, cause it's a 91 um, military rig I got out of a yeah. auction. But uh, it's a it's a fun it's a fun truck. It's yeah, a, has central tire inflation. That's cool. System, you familiar with yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, that's what the Humvees have too, right? It's, yeah, same yeah. same same parts probably even. Yeah. you know. That's it really cool. makes a difference considering our rugged terrain out there, you know. Yeah. But um, but I really do need to run. That's all right, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming all the way down. Yeah. Um, I I, I look welcome. forward. To, I'm gonna come up. I'm, I don't give a shit. Come visit. Out. I'd love to. Yeah. Absolutely love to. I want to. I want to see the bikes. I'd love to see the farm. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll about give, it. give you some information here after we okay. sign off. Well, listen. I I know you, this. This is really interesting. It's been kind of a uh, uh, eye-opening experience for me, just having these conversations, just to see how. Cause I knew California was fucking it up, and I knew it was getting worse, but I had no idea. I had no idea that this is where it was at. This is really an interesting moment to, to realize, like. This is where this economy, this this vibrant, happening, new economy has gotten to in five years. It's stunning to me that California fucked this up that bad. It's bad. Because it's, there's plenty of money, there's plenty of opportunity. It's just been, been done poorly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wish I could help. <laughs> really? Yeah, I wish I could. I mean, we could fill the truck up with weed, but we'd probably get stopped. <laughs> well, can you loan me 20 bucks so I can put some gas in my truck? I'm just joking. Yeah, I could probably do that. <laughs> no, man. Sell a couple of those Pabst Blue Ribbons out there. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. It was seltzer. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Oh, well, listen, thank you. I really oh, appreciate whoa, it, Oh, whoa, whoa, cannabis infused. I should have read that. No way. That's what really? I feel like the way I feel, and you said, like, you know. What? How does? How does I, I didn't Pabst even. Blue ribbon have cannabis infused. Pabst look at. No fucking way. Pabst is in the game. I I, I did not. That was. Ten milligrams. Are we still recording? Of tea. Thank you guys for joining. That concludes our podcast for this week. Don't forget to check us out on all the socials at Green Bros.